Hey there, welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Principles-Based Business Podcast. And I am here with a coach of mine and somebody who I've known a very short time, but have very grown very close to just because her amazingness, Miss Molly Mahoney, the prepared performer. They're the prepared performer, if I can say it correctly. <laughs> um, you know, that's how you know we're authentic. Um, <laughs> exactly. But let's let's go ahead and Molly, tell us your story because I've read so many different things about you that like I haven't even sat down. Like, is that true? Did you do that? <laughs> Man, well, I just want to say thank you, first of all. It has been a short period of time that we've known each other, but I feel like we've known each other forever. So um, I just know there's so many through lines between the way that we show up and connect and and have a com combined love of humans and also weird technology. So it's great exactly. to be able to, to be here with you. So thank you. Um, which, which part of the story do you want to know? I think it's um, all true. Well, you know, like I want to hear all the stuff like that. How did you get to be the prepared performer? Um, you know, I was, I was at the event, you know, the other day at your home and, you know, listening to your dad, that was just like totally mind blowing, like to know, that that's the kind of, you know, foundation that you got to see. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that that had a huge impact on you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's true. You know, I started doing like the, on the prepared performer side of things, I started doing musical theater when I was eight years old at a studio called the music room school of performing arts. And really there's, I'm so grateful that I had the combination of the music room and like musical theater and weirdness there combined with my weirdo parents who, who also, you know, were really, I mean, my dad, when he was 17, he started working for a guy named George, the tree man, who just literally picked him up on the side of the road and cut to, as you know, but for everybody else, my dad now owns a tree trimming business that trims most of the trees in the whole state of California. Um, also Arizona and Nevada. And he never went to college. Um, you know, really, it was just about saying yes and and connecting with human beings and realizing that there was a problem that he could solve. And having that as inspiration as a kid, like that being normal, you know, um, and and the fact that he, you know, my both my parents really ran the business together for so many years and watching my dad and my aunts and uncles and all of that create whatever they wanted really was such a, a cool thing to see in the world of possibility. And I know I hear from some people whose parents are like, you know, really successful in business or whatever. And there sometimes is this outside pressure to do the same sort of thing that they're doing, but it, it's, it was an awesome combination between seeing what's possible and what my dad and my aunts and uncles and my cousins and like my whole family works with the tree business, but then also having that, that, the, the nurturing of being able to do follow my own path to musical theater. And so, you know, going to school for theater and then I danced and sang in Vegas for a little bit in a very public place. And then I also did cruise ships and, you know, going to New York and all of that, um, just to be able to have the balance between knowing that I could pursue the path that I wanted to pursue, but then also seeing the business side of what they were building, which was so cool. And I think all of that combined together is what put me into this weirdo place of being a marketer and helping other business owners to see that possibility and use their own creative talents to really tell their story 
in a way that gets people energized, excited, and wanting to throw credit cards at their face. <laughs> I, you know what? The first time I heard that was on this morning's call. So <laughs> I was cracking up. That is that's hilarious. But, you know, it's like, so I met Molly, for those of you listening, um, I was at a Perry Belcher event for AI, and I had never heard of Molly before. She didn't exist in, in my world. And here she comes, goes on stage, and just speaks about 2 million words per second. Um, <laughs> luckily, I listened fast, so I understood what she, was, what she was doing, and then just got off the stage. And then afterward, you know, when we're doing a little, like, uh, question Q&A, hanging out with Perry, you know, Perry says, you know, how good, you know, how good people she is. And it just, it was amazing, her presentation and her presence. And it just really led me to like, wow, she lives the, the four fundamentals that I'm always talking about, which are positioning, presence, proximity, and possibility. And the way that they played out for me meeting her was her positioning was that she was on stage with Perry. Her presence is that she was there where I was. The proximity was that she showed how she masters AI, how she uses content, you know, creates content and all that. And then the possibility is her system showing me that you could do it all without having to pull your hair out. So I was like, <laughs> sign me up. Man, I love it. I'm such a sucker for alliteration. And <laughs> I, I love all, I mean, it's such, there's so much to all of that. So I really appreciate it. How did <laughs> so you good. get to where you're at from like, most of our, and I always tell people like as, as consultants or marketers or whatever you want to call ourselves, we are amazing at helping other people's business, but our stuff is usually a hot mess. Um, and that's what the truth was with me. And that's why I you know, signed up with Molly because I was like, I, that's why I told her my stuff is a hot mess. I can do miracles for other people, but my stuff, it's like all backwards. So how did you get to that point where, you know, you realize like this was this, you know, helping others is what you wanted to do. And like, when did it click for you? Like, Hey, this is, this is going to work. Yeah. I mean, it was a very specific moment. So I don't know if you know this story, but I initially, when I first started, well, first of all, when I first started my business, I was teaching singing lessons. So I looked at like, what had I done with my career in musical theater? And uh, we knew that we wanted to have kids. And I, I had been on the road with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the musical and all sorts of things. So the easiest thing for me was to teach other kids and adults to do what I had done as a professional performer. And then I knew that I wanted to take it a step further and that it wasn't just about the singing. So I, I tried all these things. Like I was going to teach uh, confidence. I had a gig teaching confidence and communication to the recreation department youth staff for the city of La Habra. I don't know if you know that, but it was basically like anyone that asked me to do something, I would say yes. So I was hosting um, this really amazing art show called Raw Artists where they'd have music and they'd have fashion and they'd have artists and, and like jewelry makers and all sorts of things. And I would introduce all 40 of the people that were there for that night at the nightclub. There was like all these kinds of things that I was doing. At one point I had 10 different jobs in 10 separate locations. Everything from, you know, the things that I mentioned to teaching knitting and crocheting at a yarn store. I sold a pattern for um, dog shrugs to Red Heart Yarn, like little dog sweaters. I mean, it was a wild life of lots of different things. And really what I was trying to do was show business owners how they could be more confident and really more of their own unique self. And 
I started when I was teaching singing lessons, I started going to this networking group that a friend of mine told me about actually a, a business coach, Dana Corey, who I think you met at the event as well. Yeah. She, she said, you should go to this e-women network, which was an in-person networking event. Have you ever been to an e-women network meeting? No. Okay. I know it may seem like it wouldn't be your thing, but they do always say they have a few good emails there. So it's <laughs> hey, I'm always game for anything. Okay. It's an awesome organization that really helped me so much in the beginning. And the biggest thing that it helped me with was that it gave me a testing ground for my message. So I would go up and be like, I went up to my friend, Christy Miller, who's a very dear friend now, but at the time I swear she thought I was bananas. I went up to her and I was like, do you need more confidence? And if you knew her, you would know that confidence is the last thing that she needed. But I was so committed to trying to force my spin on helping people to be confident. And it was like not working. <laughs> and I was building this singing business where I was teaching, you know, performers how to sing. So I also thought like, oh, maybe I could teach performers how to have a business. So I launched this big program called prepared performer profits. And it was going to be the cure for the starving artist syndrome, which sounded really great. <laughs> until I realized that when you call your ideal client starving, they're probably not going to pay you because you're calling them starving. So you're like re reinforcing this belief that they don't have the ability to invest. And I get in trouble sometimes when I talk about this, because at one time I was speaking at an event and this woman came up to me crying at the end of my presentation, not for a good reason. She came up and she <laughs> said, she's, I mean, cause people cry when I talk for good reasons, but this was not good. She said, I just, I can't believe you use the term starving artist. I'm so offended. And I was like, oh no, my whole point is that artists shouldn't be starving. Like we should have, you know, I wanted to switch that, that belief, but I realized that I wasn't actually communicating in a way where I was meeting them where they were at and then bringing them to the place of this new understanding. I was trying to just force my belief upon them. And luckily in the middle of that, I had this failed launch where Literally, we had no sales. It was a disaster. And in that moment, I realized, you know what, rather than trying to force these things on people, if instead of teaching performers how to have a business, I started teaching business owners how to perform. And it wasn't about the confidence or the authenticity. It was actually about using Facebook Live. So when Facebook Live came out, everybody wanted to use it, but nobody knew how. Right. And it was a really great why now belief that I then said, like when that launch failed, I messaged loads of my friends and said, Hey, I'm thinking of launching this program. Um, I'm just going to do it in a Facebook group. I'm going to go live every day, teaching you how to be more confident on camera, how to speak clearly, how to move your, you know, I knew a lot of social media tricks at that point also. And, you know, I was like a combination of all of that. It was called camera confidence. And I was very like guerrilla marketing, just in there talking to my <laughs> friends and people I connected with online. And by the end of the three months, we had done $50,000 in sales. Wow. That was cool. really cool. Yeah. The, you know, there's a couple of things that you, that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on. So you said about the whole calling them starving artists, right? Yeah. Um, like you, I've had a gazillion jobs and, you know, some I'm not going to mention on the podcast, but, um, <laughs> you know, one of them that I do and I love doing is copywriting, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I always tell people when I'm helping them write their copy is that they have to be careful, like, you know, the typical, like, hey, you call out all these things on a sales page. And I tell them, I was like, you're asking somebody to click and admit. 
And that was a little term that I came up with was like, whatever you read on that sales page, when they click, you're asking them to admit that they are all those things that you just called out. Ooh, that's good. And, and like, when I tell people that they're like, I never thought about that. And it's like a lot of the people that you're trying to reach, they haven't even come to grips with that. They have the problem that you're trying to solve. Yeah. And it's, that actually comes up a lot for clients that we have in the relationship space, because when you're getting people to engage on social, it's the same thing. You're getting them to admit that they agree or that they disagree, right? They're admitting something like that too. And if it's a more um, personal thing that you're tapping into, they may not be as comfortable admitting that sometimes at first, unless you've really let them know that they can trust you and really let them know that they're not alone in that. Exactly. And I think that that's where you, you know, that's what really drew me to you is that when you go on social media, you know, now my feed is all Molly, you know, <laughs> I apologize. No, don't apologize at all. It's, you're not like you, the way you present it is you're walking them along path with you. Like yeah. you jump on and go, I just learned this look. And you yeah. may have just learned it 30 seconds beforehand and you don't have it down perfect or whatever it may be, but you're, you make people want to walk with you. So you're not, you're not telling them to identify as anything. You're telling them like, Hey, look what I'm doing. Yeah. And a big part of that is actually something that is so helpful. I think for people who are not sure what kind of content to create, and it's a style of content that I call learning out loud. It's been hugely freeing for me because it doesn't have to be perfect. Cause it's still brand new. <laughs> I think that's possibly maybe why I love I mean, my husband always talks about how I love like the R and D, you know, figuring out the new things. And if, if I could just figure out things live while I was on camera, like <laughs> I don't need to figure it out ahead of time. I can figure it out while I'm doing it. And it's not always going to work, but most of the time it does. <laughs> like, well, you know. and, and the thing is that I think that the authenticity that you bring, that you don't, you don't try to, like if it broke and it's not working, you don't try to pretend that that's what it was supposed to be. Totally. And I think and, that that's, that's what most people like, you know, quote unquote influencers do. And I think that's where they lose people. And I think that's where you, you shine. I mean, that like, literally it was just watching you on stage, just that, that one moment I was like, I need to, I need to connect with her one way or another. Oh, thanks so much. Did, did you know that that is actually, um, I fell into this accidentally, but this is a, that's a magician trick. That magicians, no. I learned this, I think on Pat Flynn's podcast, he interviewed years and years ago, he interviewed a magician and they said that they actually mess things up on purpose so that you then believe it more when it goes right. Well, I know I've, I know I've um, read like you know, on copywriting, I've heard Perry say that he misspells and, and screws things up on purpose, <laughs> you know, just, and I do that sometimes and it bugs people when they're correcting my, cause my spelling sucks, my spelling, my grammar, but yet people pay me a lot of money for copywriting. Totally. <laughs> Thank God for Grammarly and assistance. But, you know, when I tell them, no, I want it that way. They're like, but it doesn't look right. It doesn't matter. I, yeah. There's a purpose for it. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that because I was actually just telling my husband the other night, I was like, you know, I watched whatever, some that thing of Perry's that he did a couple of days ago. And, um, and I said, I just, I don't know what it is, but I just like, like watching him sell things or watching him present things because there's this like hot messness about it. And I think I definitely 
lean into that hot messness as well. And I know very few people who actually put it out there in that way where there's like things could go wrong, but it's okay because it's going to be entertaining no matter what. I have literally done in one of my little real estate groups. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing a video live and the phone dropped. I'm like, hold on, we'll be back. Give me a second. You know, it just, you know, you just got to do it. You just yeah. got to do it. So how do you know do you... that that happened to me during a camera confidence training once Did it? and I was getting ready. This is one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me. Um, I was getting ready to go to an e-women event actually. And for whatever reason, this was a long time ago, I was all dressed up and I had like a, you know what crinoline is? It's like underneath a fifties skirt. It makes like a 1950s skirt, like puffy. Right. And yeah. so it's that like that slip that's all like crinkly or whatever. Yeah. But the stuff for whatever to, like, strange reason yeah. I was wearing a skirt like that. <laughs> and I was using a really fancy, cute selfie stick, which do not do definitely function over fashion is a good idea when it comes to tech and the phone fell out of the selfie stick and it landed directly between my legs on the couch. <laughs> the most g-rated brand ever so i literally looked down and it was like just crinoline and shadows thank goodness but i screamed so loud i was like i mean i was crying with laughter and I realized the only way that I would get out of that situation is if I just never stopped the video. So that video is still live right now. You'll never be able to go. I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, when people watch this, they're, they're Googling away as we speak. So now they'd have to be in my camera confidence program to see it. It's an old video in there, but man, hey, talk, I... talk about a sign on bonus. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so funny. And I was like, literally, it was um, the most embarrassing moment that's ever happened to me, but I lived through it. And if, if I could survive that, I mean, anything is possible. Nice. So how did you come up with like, you know, we were at your house for the mastermind, right? Like yes. that's letting people into your intimate place, you know, around your family and everything. Like, how did that is, was that something that was on purpose in the sense like, Hey, this this is part of my authenticity or was it more logistics or because to me it was like it was amazing to be there because it did make it more like you know connecting with you was more genuine versus you showing up to a hotel and you know booking a room and all that good stuff yeah so when we found the opportunity to move to the house that we're in now the real so actually right before and you'll appreciate this in the real estate world also Right before we moved here, we were looking at potentially buying the home behind us. So we lived in an Eichler. Do you know what an Eichler is? Do you know yeah. Eichlers? Yeah, yeah. They're like so cool. So we lived in this Eichler and the, we were renting it and the home behind us was available for sale, but it wasn't like you couldn't like see that. I just knew it was available for sale. I don't know how I knew that, but they didn't have like signs up. And I called a good friend of mine who was a realtor. And what we were going to try and do was buy the home behind us and then open up the, the fence in between the two homes. To make it one big home? Well, have it because we I have another friend who lived in that neighborhood who did the same thing and they made the house behind them. He was a violinist and he he was actually, he was a violinist like as a hobby. He was a really good violinist though. And he also invented like the telescope that took pictures of the moon or something crazy. So- he, he retired and in his free time, he decided that he was going to set up this house behind his house just to have like violin concerts. 
Nice. So it was like they had he would do fractal art, which is like this mathematical art that was so cool. So we went there and it was like all fractal art and then a music performance space inside this Eichler. And I saw this and and a big thing I think for all of us is like the possibility thing that you're talking about. It's just knowing that it's a that it's that's possibility is possible, right? Like I never would have thought to buy an extra home just to have it be a performance space. Like that was such a wild idea. And so we were talking about this idea and I mentioned it um, to someone and they were like, uh, actually we were thinking of reaching out to you to see if you wanted to rent this house, this other house that would be even cooler. And I was like, what? And it was this home that you've been to now. Um, so we're renting this home now and it's, kind of wild. It's very, um, it's like Costa Rica and Anaheim, but because of the size <laughs> and because of the tropical nature of it, we knew that if we moved here, we could use it as an event space. So again, this is something also my dad has events at his home from time to time. And so seeing what was possible with what my dad was doing with his home, it made this seem like a possibility here. I also didn't really fully think about the fact that like eventually there would be strangers coming. (laughs) um, That's been an interesting balance because with our, like when our mastermind members come, they've already invested in the program and we've kind of, we vetted them really because we know they're members of our program, but we have had a couple of events that were not for mastermind members. And I've learned that I have to make sure that like for safety reasons that I'm careful about how we do that. Yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> yeah, but I love having, I mean, I'm like an open person, you know? So I love having our whole, like making it a full family affair. Like the boys at this, we did a pretend cruise here. Cause that's what we like to do. And at one of the pretend cruises, they were, the boys were standing out in the front, like dancing and passing out lays and, you know, getting, showing them what's possible too, is a big part of it for me as well. That's awesome. You just got to give a little bit better disclosure about that driveway that one has to walk up (laughs) so no one can understand the driveway until they actually experience the driveway because I will say like oh yeah I'm gonna start working out I'm gonna start walking up and down my driveway three times a day and people are like what until they realize the driveway until until they've been to your driveway right (laughs) (laughs) it's long and it's very steep as well so yeah yeah I was like okay here we're gonna do this (laughs) So you have sales stars, which I'm a part of. You have the content club, which I'm a part of. Then you have Glam. How does, how do they all differ? And how do they all, because I can see that, you know, it's, you know, you, they start off with content club, they move up to sales stars and then they get successful enough to move up to, to Glam when, and you help their whole team. But how did, how did you design that, that ladder? And was that on purpose as well? Yeah. And this is actually a big part of what we teach in sales stars too. I don't know if you've gotten to the Goldilocks method section yet, but it's a, I think I have. Okay. So it's some, we were talking about it today. It's also called the money map messaging and what it is. um, I don't know if you remember, but at one point I was talking about how there's like clarity that you give. Well, first of all, there's kind of this transformation journey that you give people awareness that this thing even exists first. So let's say someone wants to build their business and they 
could, if they want to build their business, they could choose social media. They could choose speaking on stage. They could choose buying an email list. They could choose ads. They could choose, you know, there's all these different options. And let's say no one ever had heard of um, speaking on stage as a way to build their business, right? So you'd have to make them aware that that even existed. The next step is that you give them clarity on how they could actually potentially use that solution. So they get some clarity around what they even want to present, you know, like clarity around what they want to offer. There's clarity that comes in that next step. Then you move into the action plan. So like, what's the actual action steps that you're going to take in order to get this result with this mechanism. So like building your business with speaking on stages, right? Then you actually do the thing. (laughs) When you do the thing, you can go do it on your own, or you can work with someone to give you feedback and hold you accountable. Right. And then at the end of this little transformation journey, there is the opportunity to review. And then you go back, you become aware of new things. You get new levels of clarity. You have a new action plan. So it becomes this cycle that really goes through this whole entire thing. And in the program we have in sales stars, we have this money map messaging, which um, someone said it's like Goldilocks because it's really that when Goldilocks comes into the house, she sees these bowls of porridge and she has one that is too hot. She has one that's too cold. And she has one that was just right. Right. Then she goes to the chairs. One's too big. One's too small. One's just right. And she goes to the bed. One's too soft. One's too hard. One's just right. And this is really what we look to do with our programs that we're offering and being careful that they don't cannibalize each other. Because if in your entry-level program, the promise is you're going to come in and learn everything that you need to know about building your business. No one is going to see why they would want to move up in the programs. So the way that we have developed these three programs, and it's taken some time over the years to kind of adjust it, but we're really solid on what it is right now. It's that the content club, which is a monthly call. So there's less, um, there's less access, right? Cause it's a monthly call. So that alone is like enough of a differentiator for some people, but there's less access and It's really only focused on the content creation in there. You'll learn content strategies that are positioned to bring in leads and sales, but we're not diving deeper into like actual sales conversations and that type of thing. We may work on the copy for a sales page, but we're not really going into like the sales process, right? It's, it's part of what we call a win gap. So when I give someone the win of how to create their content and they start bringing in leads and then they're like, oh gosh, what do I do now? That's what we want to create. We want people to go, this is so awesome. Now what? Right. And so then that's when we move them into sales stars and in sales stars, we meet once a week. So it's more than in the content club. Um, There's more people in sales stars than there are in our next level. So it's a little less time access wise, just because there's more people. And it's all about getting to those like consistent 10 K months. Now I say that but I very well know that we have people in that program who do like hundred thousand dollar sales. So sometimes I wonder like, is this program too awesome? <laughs> oh, you know, we like, we like to sneak in under the radar. What do you, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Tricksters. But the real thing for me, the differentiator between those two and where I am pretty good at holding the boundary is that when people want support in building their team or bringing their team members on and, and that kind of thing, that's what we really do in Glam. So Glam is about scaling. Um, initially, it was called Go Live and Monetize, like live video, but now we call it Go Live and Monetize because you go live your life. 
Um, and then you get more support. So we have options for three calls a week that have different coaches where you can jump on for different things. Um, and then we have more events like in sales stars, there's one event a year in glam, there's two plus the sales stars one. So it's like three. Um, yeah. So it's really, a, it's become this really awesome progression progression. And some people will join us in sales stars and then they'll be like, uh, I want to know where we're at this glam thing. And then they move up. So it's good. <laughs> so along, along those lines, um, one thing that, like you said, you, you want to make sure that your offers don't cannibalize each other Yeah. at the same time. Would you say that you were purposeful about making sure that you don't overwhelm people at every level? As oh well? gosh, that's like my Achilles heel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I, I do think that that's the same thing that happens with our free content. Also, there's two different strategies with free content. One is you give them just enough so that they, they can actually implement something and then they're the new gap is exposed because if you try to give them everything at once, they'll just get stuck and not move forward at all. Right. Um, I will say that is the hardest thing for me because I really love to give a lot. And I've recognized even after the event here that sometimes I have to be a little more firm about not letting people ask specific questions because it can take us down a huge rabbit hole that is like, I don't know what not... you're talking about. <laughs> And I, I mean, I really like, I've known this, but I really have to be hardcore about it, that we are not going down that path. And to say, you know, if you want that question answered, we can do that at a different time. But right now we're focused on this <laughs> just for the sake of the whole community, not getting lost. Yeah, no, I, for me, when I'm doing my consulting calls, I always record them all. Cause I always tell them, I was like, look, you're going to ask me questions. I'm going to ramble a good idea, but I'm not going to remember after we hang up. So <laughs> you know, I'll send you the recording. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, the other, the other, uh, strategy that sometimes I use, which this is like a secret just between us, you and me and the people who are listening is, and this is kind of what I did at Perry's event intentionally, um, is to give so much that people are like, oh my gosh, that was so much. And it was so fast. And now I'm really full with all this information. And I always give like an action plan at the end, you know, make sure you do this one thing that's going to turn into something else. But at the end of Perry's event, Dave came up to me and he was like, you know, I really love this. And I've seen you talk about this stuff before. I just, if I had one request, it would be that you talked, you know, just slow down just a little bit. And my husband was standing right there and he leaned over his shoulder and he said, you know, she slows down when you pay her. <laughs> Which, I'd like to, I'd like to testify that she does not, <laughs> but, but she does make it clearer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, pause. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's a pause. And you know, what's funny is like, like you said, you do, you do over deliver and I do the same thing. I'll tell you a funny story is I was speaking at a mastermind. I was asked to speak at a um, real estate mastermind. Right. Yeah. And, um, they they had timelines for everybody. Well, obviously I'm blind, so I didn't, I wasn't watching the time. <laughs> I went way over my time, but it's not like anybody could flag me down and go, "Hey, over your time." So Do you have like had a caca caca from the back of the room. <laughs> <laughs> everybody had to just sit there and listen to me ramble, but it went well. We're gonna awesome. That's I mean, then you have to like then they start getting the hook, right? Like they yeah, really... <laughs> exactly. Somebody's gonna have to just tackle me off stage. Totally. Right? So if you would like, well, two things, AI, like you're all over with that. Like you're, you're using it, you're leveraging it. 
but like Perry said, and like you, you said, like, nobody's an expert. We're all mm. like every day you wake up and it's like, what you thought was the greatest yesterday is now the worst thing you could do. You have to try this. Times a million. It's <laughs> just yeah. so weird. And, and everybody's like, well, it's only like $10 for this, $10. If you start looking at those $10, before you know it, you're in a few, you're in a few grand on a monthly basis. Oh yeah. It's like death by a thousand careful. cuts or whatever they say. A hundred percent. I am. That is like a real problem we need help with right now because it seemed like even just trying things out and that's the other trick too, right? And I know that I have a trial of the content club if anybody wants it, but I will also say when you do trials, you've got to be careful because you're like, oh, this seven day trial, I'll remember to go in and cancel it. And then you're like seven months later and you forgot that you're paying all of these seven day trials are now real official things. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's crazy. And, and with that in mind, like with all these tools and stuff, my real goal for it has been, I don't want to be the person who's like, I'll give you a thousand prompts or I'll give you a million, you know, tools that you can use to do this one thing. I would rather give people four really powerful prompts and three really powerful tools that they can actually use. And that's also something that in our coaching program, that sometimes when people are suggesting other tools, in the future, I'm going to get better at being like, don't talk about other things, <laughs> you know, because otherwise everyone, it, it becomes a procrastination technique really, because we get excited about learning the new things and I fall into it as well, but then we don't actually go talk to the human beings and make the sales because we're so busy playing with all these AI tools. Exactly. So what would you say is the biggest challenges that you've, that you've seen with your students, with your clients that are facing in business right now obviously we've got an economy that's can't make up make up its mind whether it's <laughs> booming or busting and you know consumer sentiments all over the place yet we know that this is a time that businesses need to dig in deeper and market more so that they can make it through yeah i mean the i think the biggest opportunity is as usual is also our biggest I don't want to say problem. I always say problems equal possibilities, but it's our biggest hurdle to jump over is also our biggest opportunity, which is at this point, because there's so much happening in the technology space, AI is changing everything. And I know we may be tired of hearing about it, but it's not going away and it's going to keep getting both cooler and scarier at the same time. <laughs> Right. Because of all of that, there really is only one thing that we can do in order to be a true differentiator, because you can be like running at the front of the technology game, running at the front of the, you know, changes. But the truth is, is it's going to change again tomorrow. So then you've got to run again tomorrow. And if you don't have this one thing grounding you underneath it all, someone's going to beat you to it. Someone's going to undercharge. Someone's going to be faster. Someone's going to be the first one to it. Someone's going to have a faster whatever solution than you the only thing they won't have is you. And we can use AI content to, to create stuff, but if we don't get clear about what our unique differentiator is as a human, not even necessarily in your offer, but what it is as a human, as a company, and what you stand for values-wise, how you bring your own sort of magic to the table, we call this your quesadilla of awesome, you know, how you bring that own little sprinkling of your goodness 
if you don't get clear on that, it's going to be really hard to create stickiness within your product and service because someone's going to be able to go somewhere else and get the similar solution from somebody else. That's amazing. I love the way you put that because it, it's so true because it, before AI and all the automation and everything, well, the biggest challenge that everybody ran into is I can't create enough content, right? That was the biggest thing. You had Gary V telling people, take one thing and turn it into 840 different posts, yeah. right? And now- But now you can do that in one second. Exactly. Now that's not the problem. So now it's like, how do I make all this junk? You know, how do I see my get to be seen be, between all this junk? Yeah. I mean, and sometimes- it's about creating content that's not necessarily so specifically tied to your offer, but it's more tied to either you're weird and like the, what, what it is that you, the, the things that are kind of like funny, you know, that I call them the tickle points, like those things that make people laugh. It could be tied to something like that. Or also like, what does your ideal client really dream about and desire? Like I posted this, this short form video yesterday. I took a trending sound put the short form video on top of it, which was me in a pool in a mermaid outfit. <laughs> so I'm going to go look at it right now and see what the numbers are because it, I went to this retreat. So I gave myself the gift of actually slowing down randomly. When I got there, my friend who was putting the retreat on, I was running it with her. She, she had planned for all of us to learn how to be mermaids partway through this retreat. And we had this like nine-year-old girl teach us how to put these mermaid things on. And so we're like swimming in the pool with mermaid tails. And I posted this video and the sound was very ASMR-ish. So it's like a whispering sound. And it says, <laughs> due to personal reasons, I will be succeeding at absolutely everything I want to do in life. <laughs> and then I wrote on top of that, underneath it, I wrote, and you can too. So it's really speaking to that belief of possibility, but I paired it with me jumping into a pool in a mermaid costume. That's <laughs> very hilarious. random, but also instilling the belief of what's possible. And it has 310 likes, which is way more than I usually get on Instagram. So some people may say like, oh, well, what does that have to do with your business? It has everything to do with my business because one of the things that I know that we do better than anyone is holding that faith for you, holding that possibility for you. And you know what? I think that that's, that again is part of what drew me to you is that like, I've seen you interact and you know, your, your, your presentation drew me in, but once I, you know, started watching you and everything, like your belief in the people that you're helping is just amazing. Like they, I've been in so many programs and so many things, and it's usually like, here's your box of crap, go do the steps come back to me if you have questions, you know, and it's like a repeat, you know, rinse and repeat. But like to you, I noticed that you like, you take personal interest in, mm. you know, everybody's, not just their goals, but them as humans. And yeah. that really shows in how you deliver. Thank you. And if you can be brave enough to do that, right? That's really a differentiator because chat GPT can create the box of crap. You don't need to go to a person for that. You can go to chat GPT and ask it the questions and it'll give you the answers. But that, that type of um, human care is also something that I think is going to be more and more important. Like 
first of all, it's just more important as a human, <laughs> but then now it's all of a sudden, I mean, I said to someone else recently that I feel like all of a sudden, everything that I've been trying to convince people to lean into AI is forcing them to realize how important it is. Like I spoke on human connection at traffic and conversion in 2021. And I, I was really nervous about it at that point, because I thought people were going to think that I was silly and that it didn't really matter, even though I knew that it did. And I'm so grateful for the, what's happened with AI because it's proven that it's the most important thing that we have. 100%. Yeah. So in closing, what would you, what would be, if you had one thing to say to somebody who's an entrepreneur, a business owner, regardless of what stage of them, what would you tell them that the stuff that they need to be working on right now, regardless of what tech they're using, they like AI or not, but what would be the one thing that you could give them as a takeaway? I mean, because there are ways that you can get tips and strategies and techniques and those kinds of things around the tools and all of that. I think there's something really important that you do before that, which is getting really clear about who you are as a human and really clear about what you stand for as a company, like getting your, I mean, we have this as a part of our AI authority system that we do where we identify your brand voice, but underneath your brand voice, there's a human being. <laughs> and so oftentimes we don't even know who that human is. And it's weird because we're walking around in that skin all day long. <laughs> but when I was in college, there was this giant chart on the wall. It was Stanislavski's um, system, Konstantin Stanislavski's system for becoming a true actor. And there were all of these pieces in this big, huge chart. And on the very bottom, there was one huge row across the whole bottom that said, work on one's self. And if you can't figure out who you are, if you can't figure out what makes you unique, if you can't figure out what makes you tick, you're going to have a much harder time building and more importantly, sustaining whatever it is that you're building. That's awesome. That's very powerful and very true. So tell everybody what you got coming up, how they can get a hold of you and all your amazingness. Yeah. Amazing. So we've got all kinds of things coming up. We have more pretend cruises coming up. So if you want to come to this adventure land here and learn AI tools in a tropical paradise with dancing humans, <laughs> there's not always dancing, but I mean, pretty much that we've got pretend cruises coming up, which is really fun. And we have loads of resources on our Instagram account. We've done this kind of cool thing with our Instagram, which is the prepared performer. And if you go there, you can see across the top of my account, we have things like a big chat GPT collection there. We've got our top 100 social media engagement posts. And you'll also see that we have a new newsletter called the AI Times. And so this new newsletter, we only have two editions out so far. So it's really brand new. And it's the only human-focused AI newsletter. So it's AI tips and strategies, but we're really focusing on this human element. And you can get it by going to molly.live slash AI times. So it's called the AI times, molly.live slash AI times. Pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> and we'll definitely grab links from her and put them in the show notes and share them with everybody. Thank you may, once again, Miss Molly. May I ask you a question before we end also? Of course, you can ask me anything. I would love to. Hooray. Where can people find out more about you? 
you know what? I am just now, thankfully to you, organizing my crap and <laughs> actually did that this weekend. And um, they can go to the success underscore boss on Instagram. And that's where I'll be, uh, you know, being sharing my my knowledge, I guess you would say. Awesome. And I just want to say, I'm so grateful for the things that I've learned from you already too. So if you're listening to this, make sure you go get more by visiting the success underscore boss. Is it the success boss? Yep, the okay. Success boss. The success boss. I love That's it. Right. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> awesome. Well, th thank you once again, Molly. Thank you. So good.